So we'll go ahead and go into um, like the critical three with basically just kind of getting like your idea, your input based on your perception and perspective, I guess, of, of dodgeball. Mm-hmm. So these are by no means like jabs at anybody, but just from what you've experienced, um, I definitely like to ask these questions, um, especially since I can get to different regions. But um, mm-hmm. in your opinion, uh, why do you think dodgeball is still a mostly unknown and unacknowledged sport? I think... I think it has a stigma to it of the, you know, the playground kind of sport um, that, you know, people, people don't look at it like we play it. They, they think of unorganized kind of chaotic, um, a lot of, you know, kind of wishy-washy rules, but whenever, whenever you get somebody like gripped up enough to watch some video or, you know, just check it out even a little bit, explain kind of how it's played. They get, they get grabbed every time. Um, so I, I think it's just it has a lot to do with how dodgeball is perceived growing up versus now how everybody else plays it, that they, they don't understand how it transitions, which, you know, you look at football. I, I've been playing football since, I mean, full contact football since like third grade. And when you're playing it at that age, you, you have a clear vision of, you know, this is what the professionals play. Like this is how it's supposed to be played. It's very clear defined set of rules. Maybe it changes a little bit because you're younger and a few more safety precautions, but with, with everything being clearly defined, it makes more sense. It's funny you say that because earlier when I'd asked um, what style of dodgeball did you play back in 2001 or I don't know, was it 2001? Yeah, or when, Somewhere when, you, when you did the youth thing. Because again, my experience was medic and the reason why I brought that up because it was wishy-washy. The, mm-hmm. you, can, you can use dodgeball as a placeholder for any form of I'm going to throw this ball at this kid and he's going to move out of the way and boom, dodgeball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's a great point because um, that's exactly, I feel like, because you have the, like the stigma of the movie. I feel like maybe that's not as damaging as it used to be. You have the stigma of bullying, which I don't think is, um, uh, that's, yeah, that's another rabbit hole. But um, mm-hmm. you have this idea where like you as a youth play dodgeball in a different way than, than I did. And then somebody your age probably played it different, differently in California. So there really is no like standard Pop Warner type of feel right. where this is how the professionals play. This is how the college players play. This is how high school plays. Mm-hmm. that's a really good point um what, what do you feel like um and this kind of ties into the second question whereas what, what do you think the dodgeball can, community can do to like fix that or help grow the sport so that that's no longer an issue um yeah i think it's something that's clearly defined um from level to level and has a little bit more structure to it would be you know a great place to start out <clears throat> Also, this is where, you know, I, I kind of left a little bit of a teaser before. I think that, I don't know how exactly to phrase this, so I offend the least amount of people. Um, <laughs> well, you already started I, wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was that was my plan, you know, get that out of the way. So if people are immediately offended already, so that way it'll lessen the blow a little bit of this. Fair enough. But I think, I think that... It is. I wholeheartedly believe that foam is the reason dodgeball is not growing more. And 
I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that. But if you look at all of the sports that are growing right now, you know, you look at football, you look at um, UFC, you know, tennis is like losing its edge, golf losing its edge, baseball is even losing its edge. The barbaric sports are what are upcoming, what are growing. And, you know, I believe that that's what people want to see. People want to see people doing things that they themselves wouldn't necessarily want to be doing day in and day out. So that's this. That's why I believe that if dodgeball is going to be something that people watch, like week in, week out, people, you know, go see, I think it's got to be like the biggest, the baddest and the most exciting and with foam you just don't get that like when you see somebody get hit in the face with foam you know it's just like uh they're out see ya but if somebody gets hit in the face with an 8.5 pinch ball good night everybody everybody goes silent you could hear a pin drop you know it's got that wow factor it it has that that grab of you know, people watching on TV doing that, ooh, and cringing while they're sitting in their recliner. And I think that is what is going to draw way more eyes. You know, it's going to be what you see on top tens or not top tens. Like you're never going to see foam on that level. And I know it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but I think that open and pinch and 8.5 are where the sport needs to grow and what is going to bring the sport the most eyes. Because if you don't have eyes, you don't have money, and you can't grow. Hmm. <laughs> well, so I got to get the first the first comment out. Tennis, golf, they never had an edge to begin with. Um, Fair enough. Golf is <laughs> what you do when you cannot do anything else and you just want to drink a beer with your your, your brother and your, your grandpa and your old man and yeah, attempt to sports. Exactly. Um, but baseball, eh, unless you're playing catcher or pitcher, maybe first base, you're not really doing much. So that's my, yeah. Baseball, baseball is no longer America's pastime. Like it, it, it's cool to go to a baseball park, but to sit and watch baseball on TV, whew, I, four hours of doing other stuff while it's on. I, uh, I, I never, I, I playing baseball I kind of, kind of fun i guess um watching baseball no um unless it's at the at the stadium maybe it's kind of fun because what else you can do um but i'm really curious like because foam i feel is is a good way to grow the sport for players because not everybody wants to play pinch not everybody wants to play Mm -hmm. five some people don't want to play no sting foam seems like that's like the greatest um way to get people into the door to play but now to watch so that we are looking at Under Armour wanting to sponsor us or we're, we're, you know, getting those viral videos where people are like, man, you see this kid just get lit up. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of agree, man. Like I, and it's funny because I don't necessarily enjoy watching people get hit in the face. I'm more of like a Oof, <laughs> man, that poor kid or, and oh, yeah. but there's something ab- about that, that I, I, it's like you said with the UFC, like people want that barbaric type of sport. It's, it goes right back to like Roman times in the Coliseum and, 
gladiators and fighting. It's just right. like, it's part of our human nature to just, we can't look away. Like I cannot look away from a UFC match, even though I don't care for it. If I'm at a bar, guess what I'm watching? If it's on, I can't, I can't take my eyes off it. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I totally agree. I think, I think a lot of people do like playing foam and I think that foam does bring out a lot of players. Um, but I, I guess I would say the ceiling is a lot lower on foam than it is on 8.5. What are your thoughts on, um, because, and, and this is, this is making me rethink my whole perception of Dodgemont because I'm thinking, okay, you know, <laughs> last year was worlds it was in Cancun. It was probably one of the most competitive, coolest things I've ever seen, but I'm so embedded into dodgeball. Like I just, I can't help but wonder how much of my own bias is saying that versus anybody on Twitch just watching, you know, whatever they want to. They see Dodge like, eh, that's kind of cool, I guess. But mm-hmm. if that was pinched, people are getting lit the F up. Like, do you think that might have had more views? Like, more like that's obviously there's not an answer to that. That just, it's, you're getting right. my ears turning about this. So that's, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I will say as somebody that, that is a huge dodgeball fan that, you know, lives and breathes dodgeball is deep in the dodgeball community. You know, I didn't watch that much of worlds. It, you know, it, it just doesn't, I mean, it's cool that other countries are getting together and playing dodgeball, but you know, even as somebody that's embedded in the community, the foam, I just to watch it, it's cool to see some of the, some of the dodges and some of the like curves you can throw with a foam ball, but it just doesn't draw me in. Yeah. And that's, that's another reason why I like asking these questions because, you know, people could say, Oh, well, you know, he's from the pinch realm that that's all he knows. But, um, you know, me over here in the Southwest knowing 8.5, I I get that. Like obviously open 8.5, unless you're Andrew Ketchum, you're not going to light somebody up as a pinch throw would, but I totally get Mm -hmm. that. Now would this change, I was asking somebody who is known nothing but foam. Um, and it could be, you know, obviously, again, this is your opinion, but there is no right answer that I feel. I think it's like a, 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 a combination of just all the above, so to speak. So, but it's definitely something I like talking about to other people and just seeing, you know, if you could fix the thing tomorrow, what do you think it would be and, and why? Um, so the next question then would, would then be, you know, is there something about the current state of dodgeball that you don't like? And if it is like, what would you do to fix that? Yeah. I, I just think right now the current state of dodgeball is, I, I think it's soft. Honestly, I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> if you look at, if you look at dodgeball right now and you look at, you know, national tournament, you see, that there is a clear divide between players that understand where dodgeball can go and should go and hopefully will go that then players that are more of a wrecked wreck level wreck style of play. Um, and you know, this the, not to go too far down a rabbit hole here, but this is where a lot of the inspiration for ball out came from is I want to see elite level dodgeball being played all the time. And if it has to be a segmented group of people doing that, that's what it's going to take. And if it hurts your feelings that you can't play at a certain level, I'm sorry, but that's what professional sports is. You know, 
I'm not going to cry because I can't play in the NFL. I understand that I'm not big enough, strong enough, fast enough to play in the NFL. And if your feelings are hurt that you can't play in the, the super premier (laughs) circuit of dodgeball, I'm sorry, but I'll be the first one to tell you that I don't feel bad about hurting your feelings. It's funny. How was that? (laughs) Well, it's funny because as you're saying, I don't want to go into rival. I'm literally typing the question for the next series of like, I do want to go there. Um, cause I do want to ask like, you know, the 10 year plan and talking about ball and where you see dodgeball going as a future. But, um, I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like, again, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if, if you're not good enough at something, get better or just find something else. And I, I know that sounds really cold and callous. I don't mean for it to come out across that way, but I, I am of the, we should get rid of participation trophies crowd. Yep. Absolutely. I, I feel mm-hmm. like that is the, that is like, that is just down a, a path. I don't feel like we should go. Like I was always upset when I got a participation. Trophy. I was like, this is stupid. And I throw it away. Like, right. Like I just maybe leave it on the picnic table. Yeah. Okay. My science, <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> sorry. My corrosion on nickel science fair project was garbage. Okay. You know, what? I hate science. So screw this. Like, <laughs> no, I totally agree. And yeah. you know, and I think that if that divide is around, then you'll see a lot more people taking the sport more seriously. And I think that you'll see people, you know, actually doing a lot more work to make that next level. And it's going to bring out a lot more athletes because people are going to see like, Oh, this is serious. You know, this isn't just messing around. Like this is something to strive for. So it's going to, you know, kind of wake up that competitiveness. Like we had talked about before in a lot of other people, you know, that maybe we're ex baseball players that, you know, are looking for, that release, that competitiveness that, you know, they weren't good enough to play in the um, MLB. So maybe they'll try their hand at dodgeball. Yeah. And that's, and so the reason why I was kind of like dancing around my, my follow-up question or whatever I was saying earlier was like, it's there though. Like there are people who like, like Brenda's a perfect example. She tried so hard to make team USA two years ago. Didn't make it. So what'd she do? She got freaking, legendary and and made it yeah, and became busted a, her butt exactly and that's like there, there's that's why i say like i don't want to sound callous when i said tough or, or get better because the the ones that want it the most and deserve it the most will will take action and will work mm-hmm. for it and then who knows man maybe someday you know catch the standard brenda's the standard like and right that's, that's I, I i want that um I, that bottom line or i want that base to just keep rising and rising and rising. I feel like it is. Um, sometimes Rebecca uh, Chapel, she'll show me like the latest up and comers. I'm like, these guys are monsters. They're just kids. They're just like 19, 20. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Talking to uh, the young guns, it's like, there's going to be a point where it's like, uh, mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. Like I'm, I'm too old for this. I'm going to get killed if I keep playing. <laughs> and yeah. I want, I, that's what I want. Yeah. I want to be shown out of the gym because you know, I'm, I'm, not capable of keeping up with the level of talent that's in the game now. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, if, if we were to do a deep dive into, you know, when baseball uh, was on the rise or when football was on the rise, um, you could probably even speculate now, like today's football athletes would just kill anybody back in the day. Oh yeah. So it's, there was very few that would still make it in the game right now, even in like basketball, when people talk about like Jordan's era versus uh, bronze era now, and just the level of um, game, how, quickly it's risen it's unreal yeah well i mean i love making this comparison you take 
you can take 2007 to 2009 rise of brutality, right? And pit them against now, like last year's rise. And, and it would just be disgusting. It'd be a slaughter. And like, yeah. you look at competitive dodgeball, I'm using the air quotes at its, at its peak, you know, pre 2012 and you're like these kids had no idea what the heck they're doing out there like they are so lost but that was it could not get any better than that at that time i right. wonder and that's what that's what we talked about in college with with you know grand valley's dynasty it's because they were playing savages three times a week that you know when they came out against somebody you know that was new to the league or they just steamrolled them that's because you go to their practice and you play against against absolute animals you know, yeah. when you walk in the gym and you're there for three hours and, you know, you're either bruised up and tattered and you go home and don't come back or it motivates you. You go and you get beat up, you get knocked down, but you get back up and want to get better. And it just fuels you. That's what happened at Central as well. You know, when when I was a freshman, I had animals that I played against and that mentality that they like they brought to the gym stuck with me and I carried that through my tenure at central. And I mean, look at, I mean, besides last, last year, I guess like the year before um, was the first time that they hadn't made a national title in four or five years. I mean, that it's just that mentality that you walk into the gym with that. Listen, everybody here is a beast and I have to show up ready to play and either come up with something new or get better at something so that I stand out. Yeah. It's like that saying iron sharpens iron. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I make the joke of like, the good news is we get to play against Ketchum to get better. The bad news is we get to play against Ketchum and it's, <laughs> exactly. it, it makes you better. <laughs> like, who do you see, who are you afraid of after after him um if you if you can hang and i mean man it's it's a challenge but it makes you a better player so mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah that's that's how i i became uh, the the catcher i was you know i i personally or i guess i purposefully picked out our two hardest throwers before every match uh that i played in college and would tell them hey let loose i don't care if you light up my face pregame, like I need to see these balls coming as hard and as fast as possible so that I can catch everything else that comes at me during the game. What's and they didn't hold back. <laughs> what, what makes a person like that? Um, a person like, like me, that's just a glutton for punishment. Yeah. I mean, you play football, <laughs> you're linebacker, you're, you're no stranger to getting roughed up. Like how, how, how do you um, recreate that? You know, I think it's um, it's just something that's always been, you know, inside me is, you know, if I'm not the best, whoever the best is better look out because I'm coming for them. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'll take a beating any day of the week as long as I know it's me moving forward. So <clears throat> like when I would when I would practice at Central, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't look to do, you know, sitting back and catch like I would do in a game. You know, I would I would run up two lines and try to do do stupid stuff and try to get better at that stuff, so that way when I got into the gym, it it didn't feel as stupid and I had done it in practice. So, 
I, I, I just, I'm glutton for pain, I guess. <laughs> I've always, I've always, I'm always curious about that. Cause like I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of pain, but if it happens, it happens. Um, so I tend to like try to avoid it when I can, but not to the extent where I'm going to live in a bubble or not play or, or, mm-hmm. or take risks here and there. Uh, but some people just like, they don't give a crap. They will beat themselves down. They will run until there is literally nothing left. Um, so that's just, I've always wondered, like, is that a psychological thing? Is it just something that you're born with? Does it happen with practice? Um, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's like, I guess it's just somebody that's, a little bit off <laughs> in the head. Um, it, it takes, I guess, a special person to to see the positives that come out of just taking a beating. Yeah. No, rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant to try to avoid those. <laughs> yeah, well, but that, that, I mean, definitely. Like I said, when we have you on again, I, I want to get into stuff like that more because that, that's yeah. There's something about this whatever we're about to kind of dance around that I really, really want to get into more and more with, with, uh, with players. And the one thing I did want to kind of ask though, I uh, wasn't really sure where to put this, but I think this is like a great opportunity is, um, you, you mentioned that you'd gotten into weight training. Um, obviously you've, you've become like fitness lifestyle is, is, is part of your life now. I, I think it's mm-hmm. more than fair to safe to say, but what is it about it that made you decide this is for me? Like, did you ever have, for example, like for me, for example, like I, I joined so many gyms before I finally, it finally stuck like, no, this is my life now. Like I'm not saying I'm like the you know fitness model out there, but there was times where I was like, no, I don't want to go to gym. I don't want to do this. Um, you know, people like they decide I want to get better. I want to lose weight. I want to run a marathon. Like, did you ever have that moment? And do you remember when it was? Yeah. Um, so it actually goes back to high school. Um, like I said, I was always a chubby kid uh, growing up until about my sophomore year of high school when I did join the swim team. And it, it probably helped that I, I grew like six inches from like the summer going into junior year. And, uh, you know, with swim kicking my butt, lost a bunch of weight. And it was, I guess it was very transformative for my personality. Um, it was a lot more confidence and swagger of, you know, know, I was never, uh, I I guess I shouldn't say I was never a shy kid, even though, um, I was, I was chubbier and, you know, I was insecure about it, but I was never one that like shied away from it or shied away from like, um, opportunities because of it. But, you know, once, once that confidence came, you know, the, the leadership started to develop and, you know, it opened so many doors for me. So once I got, you know, out of swimming and, you know, football weight training and stuff, when I got to college, typical put on the freshman 15 and I, I hated it. And so I, I decided like probably second semester of my freshman year, like I can't go back to this. Like I, I need to form good habits now that are going to forever change my life. 
So that way I don't go back to, to that feeling of being insecure about, about my weight, about, you know, how I look. And it was, if you look at any bodybuilder, uh, there's definitely deep seated insecurities, but I, I had just had decided. And once I started getting into the weight room and again, transforming my body, more doors opened. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to give other people that feeling of these doors have opened up to me because of what I've done here in the gym when nobody's watching. So when, when you have that confidence in not only yourself, because going into the weight room and being able to do things that you couldn't do last week, it's like a snowball effect. It starts to build and build and build and build. And eventually like it becomes the new norm and you know, it, it helped out in relationships. It helped out um, with my grades and I just wanted everybody else to feel that way. So I guess that was my aha moment is when I got back into the gym in college and, you know, saw almost like a ripple effect. So like a secondary effect of um, what fitness had done for me and uh, just trying to share that to anybody that would listen. That's awesome. I, um, again, rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's that moment. So like I, I joked with Brenda called it like the Kramer moment. I even talked about a little bit with miles. Um, when he, when I interviewed him and it's just like, there's something really awesome happens when you just decide this is for me now. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm trying to think of, uh, you ever seen the movie Rocky? Yeah. So one of my favorite, uh, it's obviously like a montage, but like just that morning when he wakes up and he, he's, it's like game on, like, I'm going to train, I'm going to fight this Apollo guy. I don't care if I get my, you know, butt handed to me, like this is giving me purpose. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a movie, but his whole life changed after that. And it just starts with this, like he wakes up super early stretches, you know, is wearing sweats and all kinds of crap and just goes on a run. And then that's when it starts. And I was like, God, I, I love that. Just that feeling of like, okay, I'm going to download this weight program. I'm going to join this gym. There's just, it, it's different this time. This isn't a new year's resolution. This isn't like, um, a false start. Right. This is it. And just, uh, being able to tap into that is pretty awesome and talk about it. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean, without, without having that confidence, who knows, maybe I don't take an acting class. Maybe I don't go to LA. Maybe I don't be on the prices. Right. You know, it's yeah. just, it's crazy to think of what one decision that I made probably hung over in a college dorm room, how now I'm here, you know, talking to you on a podcast, having a podcast myself with two things that I love. Yeah. I, it, it goes when, when it finally stuck for me was this was no longer a cosmetic thing. I feel good. And that mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you said, it, it just, it was, it was like a, it was like a domino effect. I know I said that earlier, but it, it just continues to build off of it. And, um, it's crazy to think about like, just your, your life would be completely different if you, if you'd made different decisions and decided to pursue other stuff and right. Um, yeah, it's just, 
something I'd probably talk on for like another hour, but uh, <laughs> we'll go back to dodgeball. Um, do you have a career highlight um, so far? Um, as far as an elite or as just dodgeball? And dodgeball. General. Yeah, like the first one that comes to mind too. It doesn't have to be like the solve all end all. Um, my one of my favorite dodgeball moments of all time was um, my last year at Central Michigan. We had a home tournament. And we had Grand Valley coming in and James Madison University coming in. And they were both undefeated on the year. And Grand Valley, I believe, was trying to break their own record of most consecutive wins. Hmm. So we, we brought both of them to Central Michigan, you know, in our house and took them both down. Um, yeah, as, as like, as a senior... And that was the first real tournament that I had played at Central. That was hands down my favorite tournament so far. Nice. Yeah, being being able to unseat both of them that, you know, coming in, everybody thought we were going to get beat up at our own tournament and then ended up sweeping it was a really cool feeling. Not bad for a kid who uh, crawled out of a pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just said, hey, what, what you guys got going on here? Is this for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Um, so does this tie into your favorite dodgeball memory or do you have like a favorite memory? Some of these have been like off the court, so I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, favorite dodgeball memory. Um, I mean, it, it changes daily, you know, being, being where I'm at now. Um, and how much the sport has opened up to me. I mean, I feel like every podcast I do now is my new favorite. And, you know, every time I bring somebody on, it's like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite one so far. And then I think back like, Oh wait, no, that one was my favorite, but actually that one's my favorite. <laughs> um, so it, it's hard to say. I, it changes all the time. And uh, I, I think looking down the road, it's only going to keep changing. Yeah. So I actually have a follow-up question on, on podcasting, but um, I feel you on the favorite one. Like, oh, that was my favorite. No, this yeah. one's my favorite. And, <laughs> and, and Sergio can, can attest. He's like, dude, best podcast ever. I was like, you said that last week. He's like, shut up. I meant it last week. Yeah. But, it doesn't uh, take away from it. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's funny you say that, but push pause on, on ball. Cause I do want to get into some of that too, but, uh, and this maybe yeah. might tie in. So where do you think dodgeball is going to go? Uh, I, I think that it's only going to grow. I think that it, it is expanding more. Uh, like I said before, we are at the ground level and we're like, it, it's a launch pad that we are so close to teetering to where, you know, like where the dams bust open. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of growth and it's going to come down to, a couple of decisions where we're going to go one way or the other, where it's going to be dodgeball stays kind of not an elite sport and stays more rec, or it goes to that next level of real professional sport. Hmm. So you think there's like a, a blur right now between no, this is still rec level dodgeball that we're seeing we're trying to pass it off as like the highest form of dodgeball. Yeah. I think just kind of, you know, 
based on what I had said before, I think that there is a little bit of a blur, right. um, especially if, you know, outsiders looking in where they see, you know, one game where this, this is intense, this is real. And then they see another game where all oh, these guys are just goofing around. This is what I thought this, you know, playground stuff. So I think there's, there's a teetering point and I think it's approaching very soon. Yeah. It's uh Mark our words, I guess. We'll, we'll look back to this yeah. a year or two years and be like, holy This crap. might not age well, but I'm hoping it does. <laughs> I, I'm in the boat that it will. Um, just based off, I could have said this 10 years ago, and be like, what was I even talking about back then? Um, right. So on that note, and this is uh, this could be you personally, or this could be you, and what your vision is for, for Ball Out, and for what you want to do, but like, what do you want to achieve in dodgeball? Um, well, as far as playing wise i guess i would love to win a national title here in the next couple of years um i mean as far as with the sport i I think um you know what i'm what i want to leave behind to the sport is only just begun um i have so many plans and so many ideas of what i would love to do for the sport and I think ball out is just the first phase of that. And I know I've said this multiple times um, on ball out, but I'll say it again, time over time, you know, me and miles are the perfect mix. I stay up in the clouds. You know, I I'm already looking at huge things and miles <laughs> keeps me grounded. So, hey, come back like, down hey, here. hey, Hey, like, we have to hit publish first before any of that can happen. <laughs> so he, he keeps me, you know, here and grounded and making sure that the day-to-day stuff's getting done. And I'm already so far down, you know, the rabbit hole of what I think there needs to be and what I want to bring to the sport that I want that to be my dodgeball legacy of what I left for upcoming dodgeballers and what I was able to do for people that are still playing on the playground now that will be playing in the league, you know, 15, 20 years from now. Nice. So the next question would then be like, what does life look like after dodgeball? And I'm assuming when I say after dodgeball, like when when you can't play anymore or don't want to play anymore, obviously it sounds like you're still going to have some kind of interaction with it contribution you're going to build this legacy yeah um so i I would love to continue the podcast love to continue to um you know spread the good word of dodgeball keep mentoring people that are trying to get better at the sport and you know i would i would love to see um in ball out's future a headquarters of dodgeball i i know i was talking to miles about this the other day of finding a, a warehouse and being able to, you know, put gyms in it, being able to put workout equipment in it, being able to um, put a studio in it, you know, have a, almost a national hub of dodgeball, um, you know, a place where USA dodgeball sends the uh, Olympic team to come train and come improve their game or where, you know, people can come there just, just to witness, you know, this is what 
the elite dodgeball players are doing. This is what you need to be taking away from this and really elevating that gameplay and elevating the, uh, the sport altogether. That's awesome. When, when you'd said that, I was like, cause you, I think you said like, just like what UFC has in Vegas, I think. Yeah. Yep. Like the US, uh, the UFC facility out in, uh, Vegas. Um, yeah, I would love to have one of those for dodgeball. So when I heard that, I was like, uh, but you could do it now. Just figure it out. Like <laughs> <laughs> Trying. Yeah. Cause like the, the cool thing about dodgeball is like, there's nothing stopping me from doing a league up here in Phoenix. Like obviously cactus is killing it, but it, it's, mm-hmm. Everything is within the means or within your means, and we, we might get into this a little bit later. Too. I'm like not that far later, but uh, it's. <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's it's so far fetched that we would not see something like this soon. And when I say soon, I say maybe within the next five years. Um, it just takes the vision, like you said. It takes somebody like Miles to keep you grounded, to keep you forward. Like, hey, just push, push, publish first. But just the act right. of doing stuff, and that's something I've learned. Oh, time and again, is just like. Um, holy crap, I had no idea this one idea would go this far or, or this one podcast would do this um, until you actually start doing stuff. You have no idea what uh, what you're capable of doing. And, um, you know, obviously there was a time where we wanted um, Under Armour or Nike or somebody to come in and do this for us, but we're starting to see community members doing things on their own. I mean, this is what happened with Elite Dodgeball, with USA Dodgeball, with Ball Out mm-hmm. Podcast, some of the things that you guys have already um, in motion. And it's it's awesome. Just keep going back to that ground floor and the launch pad. Like, um, I could see this happening. Um, and I, I could just see it being freaking awesome. Like I, I'm nerding out just thinking about it. Um, dude, I, I, I hope so. And it's funny the the episode we recorded with, uh, Justin, when does this one come out? This will be out Friday, the, um, uh, 22nd. So in two days. Okay. So that episode won't be released yet, but you know, I'll tease it a little bit. Um, the episode with Justin, you know, I, I, uh, I picked his brain a little bit on, you know, when he left his corporate job to do my athlete box full time. And he, he gave me a very, you know, PC answer of, uh, you know, didn't have any goals or anything or any, you know, metrics that I wanted to hit before I decided it was a good time to leave. Hmm. And, uh, he could tell I was a little disappointed. I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of when I can leave my job to do this full time. <laughs> we got to go into that a little bit. So that was cool. That'd be cool to listen to. And, um, again, taking matters in our own hands, like it's really awesome working with Justin and seeing how far he's come and knowing that mm-hmm. this is a guy I've been playing dodgeball with just randomly just so happened to look at my Instagram feed, be like what, what's my athlete box. Oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we should, there should probably be something like this for dodgeball. Wait, this is, yeah. Ursula does this? Like I, I know this girl. Like this is nuts. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. But uh <laughs> yeah, it's um I mean this is obviously the the stuff we covered so far, I, I know we can probably dig up just one question, turn that into like a mini sode or another uh two hours long. I think we're at the two and a half mark almost by the time this is done. Um at, before we wrap up, I do want to ask, um what is the thing you enjoy the most about podcasting so far? Uh, so far, my favorite thing is being able to pick other people's brains on dodgeball and being able to hear everybody else's story. And I say that because somebody, well, I should, as somebody who, 
you know, all throughout my NCDA career, you know, I, I never really interacted with, um, other people within the league that much. You know, I was, I was a person that walked into the gym and I still do, I'm still guilty of this, uh, with the premier league. So if, if, um, I reacted this way to you, don't take it personally. It's just my mindset. But when I walked into the gym, I was somebody that, you know, everybody here that's not on my team is somebody that I'm trying to take out. So I'm not, I'm not here to be buddy, buddy right now. I'm here to focus on my game and focus on my team winning. Now, as I've gotten a little bit older and wiser and a little bit more, you know, laxed on that kind of stuff with dodgeball and um, being able to, you know, talk to, talk to more people. And, uh, not that I wasn't able to talk to people before. It's just, I didn't do it. Um, being able to hear other people's stories and being able to, you know, bond with people over shared experiences that were, you know, states apart or, you know, 2000 miles apart, like, Oh, no way. You did that too. I dude, I did that same exact thing, but I was in Michigan versus California. Um, and I, I think that being able to share all those experiences with all of our listeners is really going to help everybody, you know, not only become better dodgeball players, but it's going to help everybody as a league and as a community feel more bonded to each other. Because like we keep saying, this this is the ground floor and everybody that's in or coming in is going to see this as you know, the generation that did it. And the more bonded we are, the stronger we are as a community together, the more smooth, the easier, and the faster that transition is going to come. And, you know, reaching out to Lisa in Canada and hearing that her story is almost identical to Brenda's out in California, like that that blew my mind. And I, I thought that was the coolest thing that, you know, both of these players being from two different countries experienced the same exact thing and then reached their goal. Like, I don't know if they even know each other, but they need to be best friends. So (laughs) I think that's been my favorite part so far. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it it doesn't, it has yet to even, what's the saying? It has yet to, uh, cease to amaze me. Like how, like you said, how connected you feel to somebody when you hear their story, like, I remember that. I remember feeling that pain. I remember that, that excitement. I remember, um, just even like listening to you talk to miles and just like, Oh yeah, no, I totally know what that means. Or I, I understand that. <laughs> and just like, we we're talking about like flow states. Like we're at one point you're like almost like, right. You're almost speaking as I was typing note, typing notes of what to ask later. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's great. Um, and you know, it's, it's really cool to think about how, what, I mean, we're doing it ball out what you're doing here, how, you know, this is, this is out there forever. And, you know, people that haven't heard of dodgeball, people that um, don't even know what dodgeball is maybe in a country that dodgeball doesn't even exist yet. Like they can reference these things and pick up the game from these little tidbits of information that we're leaving behind and who knows, maybe they're the person that we need to get dodgeball on ESPN or yeah. 
you never know who's going to be the person that makes these kind of things happen. Yeah. You never know who's listening, who's watching, who's following, who's creeping exactly. on you on Instagram. It's uh, and that that's, you just got to do it. You just got to put yourself out there. And um, I'm trying to remember when exactly you said it, when Miles interviewed, but you're just saying like, you're just, when you lock onto something, you're just going to do it. And you, you said you may not be running. You might be crawling. As long as you're moving forward towards that, you're going to go mm-hmm. for it. And there needs to be more of that still, I feel to make this happen, to, to bring these, you know, these pie in the sky dreams that we all have of, of seeing dodgeball on ESPN, not as part of the Ocho, but as an actual <laughs> competitive event, you know? So, right. Yeah. That's one thing that, um, <clears throat> I, I, without a doubt, know my girlfriend will attest to is I am one stubborn SOB. And when, when I want something like, like you said, like I'm going to start going after it and I don't care how quickly and i think it's uh, it got a lot to do with that you know glutton for pain that we had talked about like <clears throat> i know the road might not be as smooth as i'd like it to be but i'm gonna get there and i'm probably gonna get beat up on the way but i'm gonna get there i feel like it's just gonna make you want it that much more like oh what roadblock now i'll figure this out mm-hmm. yeah and i i think uh uh, who did we just record with? Maybe it was just me and Miles. I don't remember. It might be on the episode that comes out tomorrow. Um, but talked about being that guy that always has a chip on my shoulder. And I, I don't know if that's something that I've just always been this way or if it just, you know, kind of happened one day. But, you know, I love being that guy with the chip on my shoulder. And that when that chip gets bigger, I get hungrier and I want it even that much more. Nice. 